Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for Tour de Suisse Stage 4. I would say one of the better mountain stages of the season. Quick, very quickly goes into the top three. I think really interesting yeah. stage design particularly in a one-week race, and I think the organizers got it right with this balance with the TTs. That being said, there is nothing better mm-hmm. than a bit of GC parity. You know, there's nothing better than a lot of guys being on a similar level, a lot of guys yeah. being tr- the traditional rider of shit TTR, best climber in the race. Guys climbing not very well guys with the best tt in the race so we missed that with the Jonas uh pog roglic shoulder guys this stage had that all and, and the profile which i've already alluded to from monte to look about 153 kilometers first 80 k's flat then they do a long crans montana climb from 400 meters they gain about 1100 meters altitude 15k 6.7 percent the first 8k is a harder descent roller another valley and then the Basically, they call it all the Hohenweg climbers, one climb, but the, the real, mm-hmm. the main climb is 8Ks, 8.6%, the first climb. And then it's like a stepped up and down climb to the finish that's mostly up uphill, um, just with some pauses in it. So on the other hand, Benji could say, oh, why would you put this in the race? It's just going to be a, yeah. it's too far from the finish. This is going to be a, a group sprint, which is what I thought it might be yesterday. I agree because likely a lot of the time the teams just don't have the balls to do stuff what might have happened on the stage instead because usually they'd say oh it's far from the finish like you said we're not going to make a move here it's risky what if we attack and get countered by the end of the stage then we lose our chance in GC but fortunately there was a team today that decided to throw it all on the table and did some stuff and that's what made a stage great but before we get there let's talk about the breakaway because we had a breakaway of 10 riders Narvaez, Vermarke, the Wolves, Bragli, Kalmajan, Mas, Inkhorn, Mozato, Arend, and Impey. Two of those riders will be important for the stage, which is, first of all, we've got the Wolf for Ajizer, and next to that, Arndt for Bahrain Victorious. Basically, we fast forward, we get to Kranz Montana, or the opposite side of Kranz Montana than the one we had before in the Giro. Major attacks on that climb very early on, and he basically bridges on that climb to the breakaway where he's got a teammate, Nikias Arndt. So we've got a bit of satellite rider action here. I'll be honest, I did not have the confidence in this move because the breakaway was being controlled by the peloton. It was roughly two minutes, the breakaway ahead, two minutes 30, three minutes max. And if I see that, and I see that so many teams are able to get a stage win at the end of this stage, and there's incentive for certain teams to try and do something anyway, then I didn't really believe in the breakaway, especially when the peloton kept pacing behind him. Trek was initially controlling at the start of the stage. Quickstep was doing something throughout the stage. But in all honesty, I didn't see that move working. That being said, he was in the breakaway and we got to the, the last portion of the race, the portion that matters. And to set the scene, I think the gap to the breakaway was roughly 
a minute 30 to a minute 20 yeah. once we started the last climbing section. I'm saying I'm not saying the last climb because I can't classify this as a last climb, right? With 17 climbs in one. <laughs> it's very odd. Uh, it's quite an unusual finish just because it's I'm trying to think what it reminds me of because it's not it's not like Trechimi, mm. but yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's actually this is the textbook stage for a satellite rider, right? Because yeah. it you have a steep climb before of over 25 minutes duration, uh, or maybe 25 minutes duration, over 8.5%. You have no flat, and then you have a lot of 4 to 6 7% gradients to the finish, including pedaling descents. That is the textbook where a fresh Castroviejo, a fresh Nelson Oliveira, a fresh Wout Van Aert, or a fresh any, not a fresh, they've been in the break, but a rider that can give you some shielding from the wind on four or five percent, they can go for a period of time. Yeah. Like just as fast or faster than a top GC contender chasing behind on four or five percent. But Vark on Sierra Nevada is a perfect example because that was yep. a climb that had the steepest section at the start. It's obviously a much harder climb than the one we have here on paper, but a steeper section at the start and then a more 6% gradient towards the end of the climb. So you know that a satellite rider will be more useful in the area where the draft is more present. Anyway, we saw the possibility here with the wolf being ahead and so forth. You spoke yesterday about Ajazer that they should try and light this stage up early because Felix Gull is not close in GC because he lost a minute in the initial time trial, a 13-kilometer time trial. He lost a minute in a that minute. time trial. Now... He has to do something on the climbing parts where he seemingly was one of the strongest riders so far, right? Exactly. I was thinking, okay, you just showed yesterday you, you're at worst the third best climber. You're probably the best pure climber in this race. Maybe equal with Skelmoza. And you've lost, as you said, on the half distance TT a minute. So you're going to lose another two minutes to Remco and maybe a minute and a half to Skelmoza if things don't improve for you on the stage eight TT. So you're actually right now, you're down because he was a minute down, a minute 05 down on the stage right now on Skelmoser. He's two and a half minutes down. <laughs> if, and this is teams don't do this enough, which is to accept reality. And with yeah. Roglic and Thomas in the Giro, that was very, di that was difficult. That weird TT, who the fuck knows is going to happen with this stage eight TT is very clear. Okay. It might be a minute 20. It might be a minute 40. Goal is going to, get his doors blown off in that TT unless they give him a different bike and get him in the, the Zurich, the burn. Can they go to burn to do the, you know, the, where the molecules, they smash the atoms together, the, ne <laughs> the nanoparticle accelerator. Is that close to this region in Switzerland? Can they get him there in time? Is burn in Switzerland? He's shaking his uh, Yes, it is. Yes, it's thank fuck. Okay. Unless they can do that, <laughs> he is going to be shelling time. And so you have to be, act accordingly. Yeah. Don't act yeah. like you're a minute five down. Act and not like just you're 30 down. Also, not solely on Skelmos, eh? Because we said yesterday that M. Quavenapool before the stage is in the still position the that he's the favorite for this race still because he's so close to Skelmos in GC and he gained time on Skelmos in the, in the first time trial that he's probably going to do that again in the last time trial. And therefore, both Gull and Skelmos need to gain time on the Remco as well to be able to to get themselves in a more favorable position to end up winning this race by the end. But Ajay Duzer started with a plan. The Wolf in the breakaway was part of that. He was already dropping from the breakaway during the first portion of the climb we are talking about. And 
we see Ajazeri not really doing much on the starting two kilometers of this climb, but then we see them on the right popping up in the peloton. And I was like, ooh, Billy's goal is alive. And suddenly the shot changes to the breakaway and it changes back. And we've got that two-step rocket flying off from the peloton. We've got Shirelle basically doing an attack lead out with Felix goal towards the wolf. I love this stuff. I gotta be honest about it. I saw it and I was like, this is in my top three stages of the year. <laughs> yeah. Really, like, it's really good to see hard leadouts like that. I think the way people are attacking is changing. Um, mm -hmm. If you saw Jumbo Visma in the Dauphiné, it's not pace for as long as possible, as long as possible. It's actually like, if you're the best climber, they think goal's the best. Just get Shirelle and, and uh, DeWolf to pace at a ridiculous pace for like two, three minutes, blow everyone's doors off. And then goal continues, and every other domestique has is, is also had their doors blown off behind, and, and then you end up having Kevin Vermarker chasing Felix Gull. So that's... And also you can induce group two syndrome if you actually get separation. So I was surprised that he was so much better um, today, frankly, because she almost beat him yesterday. They did about equal work. Like Shelmerza could have gone with him when he first attacked. So, yeah, goal clearly maybe the climb before Crans Montana. Bit more like yesterday was a really, really easy stage. The numbers, by the way, from that, when you consider it was a climb to low altitude, it was like a Jabal Hafeet level almost ease of stage beforehand. It wasn't an outrageous performance yesterday, and I haven't seen the numbers from this stage, but I, I would guess with how tight that break was kept in check with that length of Kranz Montana beforehand, they would have done some more kilojoules before this climb today. And, and Gull was then better than Schelmoser. Schelmoser couldn't respond. Or Benji was Schelmoser just in defense mode and, and thinking, well, I don't need to respond to Felix Gull when he's on 20 seconds, 30 seconds, or even 40 seconds. I think it's a combination of both the factor that Schelmoser was, was probably not expecting Goal to attack from two kilometers into that climb with 20 kilometers left in the stage with climbing still to come. An all out move with a teammate and so forth. What is Hjelmos going to do? Try and bridge and risk getting countered by all the other competitors surrounding him that are closer in GC because then Mko's closer in GC and so forth. So if Hjelmos starts bridging then towards that move of two riders from Ajazer, then we're like, well, then maybe he, he loses a, a bit of energy for when another move comes. So I don't necessarily mind that he didn't respond in full force directly to the move of Gull, because next to that, you said it, he's not closing GC, Philip Gull. He's on a minute, roughly, of GC at the start of the stage, so you can give him quite some time, knowing that that time trial is coming that you also spoke about, then you can give him maybe a minute and a half, two minutes even, worst case scenario, and you still have a chance of winning the race. And... Even if Pulis on paper still the favorite in that scenario yeah. and not Skelmosen. So I think Skelmosen was way more thinking about how do I figure out how to drop the guys surrounding me or how to stay with the guys surrounding me to keep myself in the competition of winning this race. But Gull's gap started increasing. Yeah, we're talking about a minute on this peloton now. He, he had bridged to the breakaway. He had dropped everybody in the breakaway. And that gap was a minute and then... It kind of stayed to a standstill for a bit. A standstill where Remco kept on dropping in that second group, right? Remco, when there were accelerations, he would drop. Have we said that Ayuso and Peacock are like in the shadow realm? 
We haven't said that, but they are in Narnia now. They're gone. Like, never to be seen again. Um, unfortunately for them. And yeah, Remco kind of kept dropping a little bit. Remco definitely rode the final of this race smarter. Vamaka had paced for DSM and Bardet. Sharkman, I think, had paced maybe a little bit for Jan Otterbrooks, the young GC leader for Bora Hansgrohe. And Gull is behind all of these guys on GC. So, And not all of them do have a, a killer TT like Remco or a, an above-average TT like Schielmerzer. So Bilbao, Kelderman, Izagira, Uran, um, they... And that's actually what we did see a little bit. I think Bilbao did try to get guys to work. And what I could see was Bilbao and Kelderman wanted to thin the group out. They were the strongest with Bardet. But because the others weren't working, they didn't want to just drag them all the way to the line. Schelmers was not pulling at all at this mm -hmm. point. Ended up probably being the smart thing to do. Um, but yeah, goal. It's not much more to say, Benji, from his perspective. He just rides away and wins the stage <laughs> easily like the gap just keeps expanding because of group two syndrome um and i actually came down a little bit at the end but yeah because the other guys despite not being fully on the limit they were all mm -hmm. holding back against each other he won by a minute but going back to that group there was some interesting stuff in there Lascano was still in the group and how attack i don't know uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was i was like no they've mislabeled him it's like pedrero or someone like, to be clear, Lascano is the dude that was super strong in Dwarzdorf Vlaanderen in the breakaway together with Kristoff and almost ended up winning because he still got further or something. Dad Lascano was here in the mountain stage attacking the group with Remco Evenepoel and so forth, the second group, trying to bridge to Felix Gall. He failed in doing that and got caught in Parkejoed, but it was amazing to see Lascano there. But I also, I also need to give credit to Bardet because this was the most offensive rider in the entire stage, I feel like, Disagree. outside of Gal. He kept Disagree. on attacking. Didn't pull with Bilbao and Wilco to okay. close the gap. Conserved energy. Attacked him way over his limit. Stopped. Was caught by Wilco and Bilbao. Wilco was pacing him. Bear in mind, they're trying to catch Bil uh, Gal, who's behind Bade or just ahead of him on GC. They're, we're just coming up to like the second last little climb and then there's a really fast descent afterwards. And they, they're actually, they were 20 seconds or 15 seconds ahead of Remco who was pacing the group behind. Refused to pull with Wilco. I was like, you do know that Remco is going to come back. He's choo-chooing. Bilbao, if you, if you let Bilbao with you two rip this descent and Remco has to pace the descent behind, you're going to open the gap up even more and completely cook uh, Remco. And then he attacks over the crest after he'd been just sitting on again to just get caught in the descent again by Bill Bow. And then on the final, he attacked into the final. Now, maybe you could say, well, he's got to move up on GC. I was like, well, uh, Ayuso, there's other riders who were already dropped ahead of, ahead of him on GC. Izagira and other riders he was dropping like Remco, like he could have been moving way up in GC if he worked with Kelderman and Bill Bow. So I don't really... Well, I don't know. He, he, I don't know. I don't really know what he's doing. I know they're ahead of him on GC, so why should he work with Wilco and Bill Bow? But yeah, he's still gaining time on like seven, eight other people if he works with them. He could have gained more time and passed Ayuso, for example. Yeah. But he also could have secured more time in advance of the time trial against the likes of a Sheffield, who shockingly, after the stage, is still eight seconds behind behind Bardet. But continuing 
the story about the stage. Skelmoza for a second again. After the inter after the stage ended, he just he spoke about what he was doing in the group, and he said that he was trying to give the jersey to Felix Gall in an attempt to not have the leader jersey in track for the coming days. Are we doing this in one way crisis now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he played it exactly perfectly because he basically does... A, the last K is 5%. He does a big surge with Remco on his wheel. Remco actually had better tactics today based on his legs. And he brings yep. back Bardet. And then Remco opens up his big sprint to take the six bonus seconds. And Schielmoza comes third. So that was 102 from Gold to Remco. 103, just a second behind Schielmoza. Then Oserbrooks, Kelderman, Bill Bow, and then... Uh, but I actually lost more time. And big changes on GC. As you said, goal goes into the leader's jersey two seconds out of Schelmoser. So, I mean, if he drew it up that way, credit to him. <laughs> That's um, very good timing. Avonapol drops down a spot as well. Now third on GC on 16 seconds. Bilbao on 57 seconds. Kelderman on, in fifth on 112. Ayuso still on sixth, despite I don't even see him cross the line, on 118. Bade in seventh. Just ahead one second of Outerbrooks. Yeah, who he dropped, so he could have gained more time there. Uh, Sheffield yeah, in ninth, Uran in tenth. About Outerbrooks, I want to I wanna scold Sharkman for a second. Sharkman should be rejected his breakfast tomorrow. Oh, really? Why? He was in the group with Outerbrooks for such a long time with a Yuzo behind, with so many people behind, in the same way that Bardet was gain, trying to gain time on people and didn't get the best out of it. Sharkman did not pace for Eitebrooks. Instead, he started rolling attacks on the group. The dude's two minutes behind in GC. Eitebrooks is on one minute. Just ride for your teammate, dude. I know that seemingly Buchmann and Sharkman, German riders that end on Mann, don't want to work for other riders, but Eitebrooks literally can top five this race, and you're actively trying to make sure he doesn't. Yeah, but he got paid a lot of money after 2019, Benji, you understand. <sighs> well... That's why you should get the team worse results. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, a really, really interesting stage. In the end, the favorites of GC haven't actually changed too much because of that final time trial, but it, it sets up. It's better to have one minute in the pocket today because tomorrow's stage, it, it could really kick off early again. I mean, this is a ridiculous stage. Look at this. From Fisch to La Punt, 211Ks <laughs> with three proper... With three 2,000-meter passes, the first is the Furka Pass, 16.5K, 6.4%, 6 to 2,400. Descent, Oberal Pass, 10.7K, 5.6%. That's not the hardest, the 2,000. Then a long valley, really long valley of like 100 kilometers, actually, before the Albula Pass, 17.5Ks, 7%, the first. There's like ramps of, there's 2Ks, 9%, the first bit, then it's, Consistently 7% up to 2,300 meters and the descent to the finish. What do you reckon happens tomorrow, Benji? I reckon... You reckon? I reckon Gull should go... Of course. I don't know. Can you go on try? the first climb? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Why not? It's all going to be down to the last climb. Man. Like, there's The gap between the, the second climb and the last climb is gigantic. It's like, it's like a bloody 100 kilometers. So it's going to be on the... Uh, Albulapas, the actions that's 17.4k, 7%. Then let's set the scene for a second of what needs to happen. Skelmoza and Gaul need to find a way to gain more time on Remco Evenepoel. And Gaul needs to find more time on Skelmoza. So 
Skelmos and Gaul need to first collaborate in trying to drop an MQ Avenipool for good on this climb. And then afterwards, Gaul needs to get Skelmos a dropped, otherwise he can't win this race. See, the thing is, I, I don't know if can he take, I mean, this is a much, much harder. He took a minute on the climb today, right? And it was 8Ks, 7%. Or 7Ks, 7.8Ks, 8.6% 7 to 1,294 meters. Tomorrow's climb is twice as hard. Because yeah, it's, it's twice as long and it's to double the altitude. We can't solely look at today's stage though, because the day before, Villars-sur-Holland, we had them both being together after 10.7 kilometers at 8%. So I believe the, the initial gap, the initial separation that Gull had was a big influence on the fact that he took one minute in the first place. So if Skelmoser just stays on Gull's wheel for the entire stage, then I don't believe he can take a minute on Skelmoser tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. What is it, stage 6? Oh no, stage 5. And then stage 6 are like, they're nothing. Stage 7, nothing. They're kind of punchy Tebow Nace. Called Tebow Nace stages now. Uh, even though he's not here. I don't know why he's <laughs> not, not here. Not for art stages? Mm, yeah, true. He should win one of them. Um... I think, where was Clement Berthe today? No clue, but I don't know. Sherelle did the job. I reckon they're going to try be aggressive on the first climb. I really do. Because to 2,400 meters, you drop people and you have a cooperating group. The problem is the breakaway won't be formed enough ahead of them. So you, how are you going to ride 100k valley on your own? That's the problem. Um, I don't know. Do you reckon the break will win then? Because who's going to chase it in that valley? Uh, yeah. Good question. Because if at some point Trek is going to start pacing, they're still, they're still in the lead. So it's going to depend on the riders that are in the breakaway. And if I look at GC, then a lot of riders are still too close to be in the breakaway in the first place. So... I think the gap will be held on roughly six minutes, roughly, if I take a look at the GC at the moment, because that would allow the likes of uh, a Gino Mader, a Voisar, for example, a Nervais, a Rui Costa, maybe, those type of riders being in the breakaway, Hugo Ull, um, even Pitcock could get in the breakaway on 17 minutes, to be fair, and try and win the stage from the breakaway, because it ends right. in a descent. I'm just thinking about the descent, and I'm like, ooh! <laughs> but um, outside of that, Therefore, I think that the break can win. I, I don't know, man. The break I think on Felix paper Gull should win wins. this. You think Felix Gull wins? Yeah, because they got to go again. They got to take more yeah, but, time. They got to go again. Yeah, but Stand this stage, it was easier to keep the peloton close to the breakaway. On the next stage, I don't believe that's going to be as easy. Stand wolf, buddy. Got some bad news for you, but you'll be riding a valley for about two hours tomorrow. Yeah, pass. but. If you are thinking about tomorrow's stage, is there a team that you see trying to put someone in the breakaway on the mountains that are starting the stage, knowing that it's going to be hard to control for Trek Segafredo at the start of the stage? Because I'm looking but at three minutes on back. The leader's jersey, though. What if Sharkman goes in the breakaway on three minutes in GC? What if... I don't know. What am I looking at here? I mean, Berté. Berté should try and go. Just jump... That's very strange. He's on. He only finished today, one fifty six down on G, on in the stage. So he wasn't like completely washed. 
Maybe they it try something good. Bate. I think Ajitoir got to be aggressive again and throw everything yeah. out at it. And that's why I think Gold will win because he was the best day on Not That Hard to Climb and tomorrow will be even harder. Um, and, and the others don't look so good. And I think Skelmoza will again be like, well, we're now equal on GC. I don't need to. I can let you take another 50 seconds and back myself to bring that back in the TT on uh, or even to take some bonus seconds in stage six and seven and then win the TT or beat you in the TT later. And Remco as well. Remco, yeah, he will be thinking the same thing. So, yeah, all the play for in, in the Tour de Suisse, a nice balanced GC battle, and I think should be, I mean, I'm hoping for another aggressive stage tomorrow. Is there any other news, Benji? Uh, there's the Giro, it's called the Giro Next Gen. They've rebranded it, Giro, baby Giro, I'm going to call it. Uh, Stalin admit at one. There was just a big mountaintop finish on Stelvio today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beat Darren Rafferty and Alexi for... Prost, who I was not aware of, that's a 19-year-old on Circus, so I'll be checking him out. Uh, so that's a decent <laughs> performance from him. Yeah. And Groenewegen won Tour Slovenia at Stage 1, sprint against Bauhaus and Moschetti. That's not the, you know, doesn't change too much for me. Yeah. And uh, next to that, Astana took a billion points in the Asian Cycling Continental Championship oh, because yeah. somehow that gives the same amount of points as the European ones even though the start list is... Hey, hey, Oceana's, baby. Oceana's (laughs) Continental Championships, they give lots of points too. Yeah, but anyway, I don't think much happened outside of this race, to be honest. (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, that's that's all. Okay, we'll be back with uh, the recap of Stage 5 tomorrow, and hopefully there's big GC action into the Swiss. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 